The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is going to be another powerful show. And before we begin that powerful show, I want to take a moment to just be very present. Every single show and every single minute is most powerful. And oftentimes, there's not enough words to really fill the spaces that need to be filled. Oftentimes, the silence can say it best. In these times, especially when we need to be with those who are hurting, let's be present. Let's be present to those in Las Vegas, those that have been wounded, those that have been killed, those that have been left behind. Let's be present to those in Puerto Rico who are wading through waters, who are waiting for water, who are waiting for care and kindness and compassion, those that are waiting to rebuild their lives. Let's be with those in Houston, with those in Florida with those in Syria, with those in North Korea, with those in government, with those in our communities, with those crying silently in our own homes. Let's be present because these times are calling for something. They're calling for something great within us. They're calling for something that we have long forgotten. They're calling for an essence of creativity that lies within that has been dormant in so many because we have been conditioned and taken over by the world, by the mask, by the maya, by the ego. Let's take a moment to be present. Something doesn't feel right. Something is telling us that there is imbalance in the world, perhaps as a result of all of our advances. This something is what might be called soul, the vast aspect of us that dwells outside the boundaries of reason and communicates using strange symbols, intuitive nudges, impulses of desire, dreams, and unnameable but insatiable longings. It speaks in stories and music and paintings and sculptures. It hides messages in songs and clues in poetry. It runs down our cheeks in tears when something deeply true is said. It steps invisibly into plain sight when we walk into the wild places where our cell phones don't work. This is from the book Blessed Are the Weird, a manifesto for creatives by Jacob Nordby. It's probably a book that's more important than you realize. The times that we are having right now where we are experiencing nature, mother nature, in all of its glory and all of its expression, where we are also experiencing human nature, in all of its expression. It is all calling to us for something. We've all probably felt at some moment in some time that we didn't fit, that we didn't belong, that there had to be something more, that life got numb, that we settled. 
well, blessed are the weird, and perhaps it's creativity that's calling you. I'd like to welcome you to the introduction of Jacob Norby, if you're not familiar with him. He's the author and contributing author of several books, including The Divine Arsonist, A Tale of Awakening, Pearls of Wisdom with Jack Canfield, The Thought That Changed My Life Forever with Dr. Bernie Siegel. He leads a worldwide conversation with the Blessed Are the Wheeled tribe via social media and his podcast shows, and teaches the popular Creative Unboot Camp, a course for writers and those who want to be He makes his home near the mountains in Boise, Idaho, and this is a man who truly knows how to be a spiritual rebel. Many of you have heard me talk about spiritual rebels. Rebels understand there's nothing to fight, there's nothing to save, there's nothing to fix or to heal. They understand that it is diving into our creativity, into our longings and belongings, and into our emotions and feelings, doing our own inner work but expressing our outward work in beautiful, creative mastery that we will actually inspire a new world to come into being. I'd like to welcome Jacob Nordby to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Jacob. Thank you, Simran. Dear Lord, you're eloquent. (laughs) Well, you know, when I'm inspired when I'm in in front of other creatives as well, because it's like seeing one another. It's like seeing a part of the self that oftentimes the rest of the world is numb to or blind to or deaf to because we put on these veils. But there's this open heart, this broken open heart, these eyes that have seen too much, these ears that have heard too much, the body that has felt too much that recognizes itself in another that has done the same. And so I really love your book because it is a mix between creativity and heart and person, really personal, as well as wisdom and the touchstones throughout time of those that you call the blessed weird that really have had the touchstones, the mystics, the poets, the musicians, the artists. And there's something really profound here because I think deep within us, we all know that we are the creative essence, that that's what we came here to do. Talk first about what inspired this book to be written, and then I'd love to go into the depths of it. <laughs> well, you know what inspired it to be written, um, Simran, was, was a, spending a period of time where I had broken. Um, back in 2007-8, uh, I came to the end of, of being able to hold up a facade of you know, this life that I had built, and I had no idea what was to come next, and I wish I could say that the transition was elegant and smooth, but it wasn't. During that period of time, I moved from where I live, you know, now in Boise, which is my home, and I moved to Austin, Texas, and was living down there, and I I remember one day driving on the road, and I got this, uh, this inner nudge that happens sometimes, I know you know what that is, and and I pulled over, and I literally found a scrap of paper in my car. I think it was an envelope or something, and wrote the words down, Blessed are the weird people, the poets. And, and the, the, the words came out. And what was interesting was I wrote it because I was stealing all of those archetypes, all those people in myself. And I had felt so much down through my life like I didn't quite fit and that the roles that I had tried to put on, these polished, you know, successful roles weren't fitting me very well. 
in fact, I felt like a fraud inside of them. So when I wrote those words, it was really for myself. And, um, I, you know, I shared it somewhere on Facebook or somewhere, and, and, it, and it went viral. It took off. And I had no idea. You know, I'd written other things that didn't nobody paid attention to. I had no idea that this would match the heart cry of so many other people out there. And so from that time, sometime in 2012 to, to when I published the book last year, um, it became this calling for me. I realized that I needed to say more about that because there was such a deep well of what was going on underneath those few words. So that's that's how the book came to be. In the book, you talk about the distinction between merely weird and blessed weird. And I think that's really important. So what is the distinction between merely weird and blessed weird? So if you don't mind, I'll toss the question back. It's interesting you picked up on that. Um, not everyone does. I'm curious why that one stuck out for you. Well, it's it's we're in a time now where so many people, I think, are trying to get attention. They're trying to feel significant. They're trying to say, here I am. This is me. Look at me. Rather than the place of really accepting the fact that we are unique and different And so I know as I read the book and how people came to you and they wanted to really exemplify that we align with you because we are this, but that too is an identity. And it's almost to me as if when you choose the acceptance of being the blessed weird, you're willing to release the identities. You're actually willing to be nobody. And yet in that you become everybody. And so that's what I took from it. Um, I'd love to hear your take on it and your experience of, of what took place. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really perfect. You, you said it right there. I'm, you know, that's the sense of, I need to, look, we all want to belong. People who haven't felt like they belong, then a lot of times the reaction is, let me go and put on a uniform of some kind, even if it's a nonconformist uniform, right? I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, you know, get tattoos. I'm going to do this because look at those people. They're expressing themselves. They're doing their thing. So if I can be more like them, then maybe I'll feel like I belong to some kind of tribe. In a lot of cases, as you just got done saying, it becomes, it just becomes another identity. It, it becomes another mask to the true self. And I feel like what is, intrinsic what's deep in my heart is is already unique um it may come out in some way that looks offbeat and that's fine like i've seen people covered in tattoos with purple hair and lip rings and and it fit them it was coming from who they were i mean it's not up to me to judge anyway but you can usually kind of feel so when i see someone who is clearly desperately trying to take on this uniform of weirdness, then, then it, my heart knows, okay, there's more, there, the journey needs to continue beyond that. You know, when you began and you were telling your story about how you came to this place and you knew something had to change and, and it really kind of stopped you in your tracks, I think about the things that are going on today and, and how that's basically how so many people are feeling when they are looking at the world, looking at politics, looking at nature's happenings or human happenings, it leaves an individual at a sense of loss. It leaves them in a place of hopelessness and in a place of not knowing where their part is or how they fit in or what they can possibly do. And we've been so conditioned in our society to either rise up and fight or to sit back and settle. And there's a fine line in between that that is actually the place that we need to be You write a a segment in the book where you talk about children, and it's quite profound. 
children are the weirdest of all humans. Before we condition and domesticate them into norms of society, go watch the child, study her, see how she makes expressive faces without any concern about seeming strange or awkward. See how her eyes are wide, wide open to see everything because so much of her world is still new and undefined. Listen as she asks tough, honest questions until some grown-up tells her to hush. Watch as she paints the sky of her mind with the magic and imagination, how anything and everything is possible still. That's the place that we all have to return to. Talk about how you are able to take yourself back to that mind and being of a child. Um, you know, it, well, it came to me um, through a... I just feel like there's a soul destiny. I feel like there's a, uh, a date that, that, that we have with ourselves. There's that insatiable thing, and those of us who are willing to listen to it, it will lead to a place where it becomes unavoidable, right? Like, I don't have a certain practice or here's three steps to get there kind of thing, but I do know that if I'm willing to settle down, then the voice of my own true self will speak, and it will lead me back through the path, and there'll be breadcrumbs along the trail, and it will lead me back to this path to home. Um, in my case, Simran, I was, um, this is 2007, so it's been a decade ago now. It's hard to believe that many years have passed. It, it actually feels like about three lifetimes ago, though so much has changed since then. Um, a young guy came to work for me in one of my companies, and he, he invited me to go to a meditation retreat. And, you know, I didn't, I, I hadn't really meditated. I'd been reading Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer for a few years, and I really loved what they had to say, but I really hadn't learned how to meditate. Well, I showed up at this retreat high in the mountains of Idaho, and it turned out to be a shamanic uh, initiation. And I didn't even know what a shaman was at the time. And so I had this vast experience um, that that really gave me a glimpse of this core, this intrinsic self. Um, and I wasn't asking for that on a conscious level. I wouldn't have even known to ask for it. Um, and, and what came afterward, you know, the changes in my life and the transitions into a more true journey for myself, uh, some of them were very unwelcome in, you know, in terms of my own way that I thought my life should go and, and things being comfortable and all that. It got very uncomfortable for a while. So I can't really say, yeah, here's how you do it. I do know that there is that voice within that says, come here. And if I'll listen to it, it will lead me to the experiences and the circumstances that are required for me to get real. When you wrote this book, you mentioned a lot of different types of, of the blessed weird, and you go into what you call archetypes. And so when we think about the poets, the misfits, the writers, the mystics, the heretics, the painters, and the troubadours, are there aspects of these in all of us, or do we end up aligning with one of these? And then how do we tap into that? Hmm. Interesting. So <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, Simran, so you're, you're, you're such a creative like dynamo. I mean, you just, just any time I've come in contact with your work, there's just so much coming out of it. Do you feel like you could be contained by any one of those um, labels or archetypes? Well, absolutely not. <laughs> but so many people live in that life or that mindset of limitation. And we've been taught that we have to choose a track. And so even in this respect, so often people will find that, okay, I need to figure out what my purpose in life is. I need to figure out what it is I'm here to do. And then I need to go hone that skill or I need to go figure that out. And if we are looking at this way of the heart 
it ends up becoming messy. It's abstract. It's it's something that goes lots of different directions. And so as you support people in what you call the creative unboot camp and they come in with that path or that limitation or this idea of themselves, how do you spread them into this place of being willing to be all of it? Hmm. Yeah. So so interesting you, you bring that up. So Creative and Boot Camp, you know, started out as this as this course for writers or people who wanted to be and, and I did that for a few years, Simran, and worked with people from around the world um, who were aspiring writers. But what I found was almost in every case we needed to go upstream from the idea of I'm going to write a book because, you know, the mind, the ego is so attached to, I've got to write a book. It needs to become famous. It needs to be successful and support me and all, and all that stuff, that whole story about it, which is totally fine and valid. But to really get to that place where they could be writing from soul, it needed to start further upstream. And so what we've done this year is, is a big remodel um, to to broaden that and say, listen, my entire life is meant to be a work of art. And what I kept finding was that people would want to say, well, to be creative, they okay, there's, either, there's sort of an either or in a lot of people's minds. Either I'm not very creative or at all, or I'm going to be creative in this one little aspect over here when the entire rest of my life is filled with heavy, invisible furniture that doesn't leave me, myself, much room to breathe and dance and be. Um, so that's where we begin to start now, Simran, is, is go upstream and say, listen, you're the creative energy, that nuclear dynamo force inside of you that's for some people really big and for some people, you know, it seems like it's a little smaller. Um, but the fact is it's alive. Uh, we want to touch that. And so we use, you know, we use some methods and some principles to just break the pattern, um, do a pattern interrupt and, and shake things up to where, be, okay, so I know that at any one time, I'm only viewing existence, my own life, through this tiny keyhole. My brain can only process so much information, so it filters down what doesn't fit inside of my reality tunnel down to this little keyhole. And, and that's just reality. I mean, the, mind, the brain itself is, is limited like that, but what we want to do is, is move backward from the brain, from the linear mind for a while, and 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 have this experience of what you know, which is this multifaceted sort of fountain of creation that can spill over and touch all of life. Um, not sure that I answered your question. <laughs> That's perfect. Jacob is the founder and teacher of Creative Unboot Camp, a course for writers and those who want to be. He offers intuitive coaching sessions that are designed to help people solve their creative puzzles. People often come to him for guidance on writing, but these sessions often extend into other areas, as Jacob is convinced that creativity is not something we put in a little room or a box and visit when it's convenient for us. You can register for his Creative Unboot Camp that is coming up later this month. And and you can use the discount code 1111 for $10 off the tuition. We will be right back with Jacob Norby and Blessed Are the Weird right after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. 
Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight, and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. VisionOfOneness.com Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. You will also see a piece by Jacob Norby in the October issue of 1111 Magazine, which is releasing this evening. 
and you will find more amazing articles by many other powerful individuals this month. You can find out Find 1111 Magazine at the 1111 Mag site anytime, and it is now also on audio. So if you are too busy to sit down and read and to take in the information, you can now receive it on audio, plus meditations, life enhancement, coaching, intention statements, and bonus interviews that will really allow you to integrate the theme of each and every issue. The current issue holds some powerful articles by Penny Pierce on transformation, Lee Harris with an energy reading for the upcoming times, Guy Finley, who is an author of more than 40 books, in addition to Andrew Harvey and Carolyn Baker, and a powerful book called Savage Grace, that is particularly poignant for these times. Again, Jacob Nordby is part of it, in addition to some articles on artistic flavor as well as light language. So definitely partake in the upcoming issue. You can sign up for my newsletter, and you will always know when it is released. Jacob Norby's first novel, The Divine Arsonist, A Tale of Awakening, has a supernatural helper that told the main character, You were given the gift of not fitting in. You'll learn much more about this later. But you will come to know that you were given the ability to see things differently from other people. The price you paid feels high, but you'll soon understand that it was worth every moment. By the way, most people don't realize that the most precious gifts in life come hidden inside of painful wrapping paper. Had you met Jacob Norby 10 or 12 years ago, you would not have been able to pick him up out of a lineup of 30-something, upwardly mobile men. He was domesticated from top to bottom, from haircut to shoes. He had the right house, the business card that listed important titles. He was well-regarded in the community, and even his then-mother-in-law didn't think he was that bad a person. He was an expert at standing in line. You would never have thought that he possessed an inner misfit. But he discovered that he, too, was one of the blessed weird. You can find out more about Jacob Nordby at jacobnordby.com. You can also go to his website, blessedaretheweird.com, to find out more about this book. And in addition, you can find out more about his creative unboot camp at his website, manifestopublishing.com. So any one of those three will take you to his work, and he has quite a bit different things going on, so check him out. Welcome back, Jacob. You talk in the book about sexual energy in relation to our creativity, and and very often I don't know that people consider the two are related. Talk a little bit about how you came to that conclusion and how creativity and sexual energy are connected. That's interesting. So that was the last chapter I wrote in the book, um, and I, I was ready to publish it and felt like, no, I can't. I can't release this book without at least touching on it. And it's something, you know, uh, not, a, not an easy topic for me. I'm not this guy who goes out and speaks openly about sex in public um, much, Simran, although I guess I'm kind of out now, so we're going to talk about it. But um, I began to realize just just that, you know, the the sexual energy and creative energy, uh, you know, seem to sort of be centered in the body, you know, in the, in the chakra system, the second chakra, and there was all this, you know, information sort of showing up around. I began to realize that a lot of highly creative people also had, you know, messy or challenging sexual lives, and, and you, you go back through the history of these people, and there's just an awful lot of clear pain, and I feel like, okay, so usually where there's a lot of heat, 
there's an opportunity, there's just a lot of energy coming out of it. So the question is, how can we then begin to use this in a better way? Um, and, and of course, you know, sex is this powerful energy force in our, in our world, our source. And, um, and as a result, like food, like money, um, the opportunity to get it messed up and to be, you know, get it abused or have a lot of shadow stuff around it. I mean, it's just, it's just all throughout it. So I feel like one of the things we're being called to do as humans is to find out what's going on inside of that and say, okay, we can use this energy better. But those are, but they're, but they're intertwined. They feel to me like inseparable twins. I agree with you on that. And if we often look at what our views are around sex and sexuality or even sensuality, it's, it's a clear indication as to our relationship with our own creative essence and our ability to unblock that particular flow as well. I love that you write, sex isn't a part of life, sex is life. And, and the same thing is, is true about our creativity, our creative capacity, our creative essence. It's not a part of life, it is life. It is what we birthed from, what exudes through us, what expresses from us. And so... There's some very important inner work even in regard to that subject. And so often when you look at poets and writers and artists, you'll see that they are full force when it comes to expressing their feelings and the intimacy of the undulations that are moving through them that have to be put on paper. I know that when I, writing is not something I sit down and do, it is a compulsion that just flows like a river. It, it just doesn't stop. And so talk about the relation of, of or the distinction actually between doing art, poetry, or writing and being it. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's lovemaking, right? So it's not mechanical. So you can sit down and read a, a, a manual on how to, how to make love better, how to have sex better, and you know, do, the, do the positions and do this stuff. But that's like a different galaxy from actually making love. And so I feel like in our society, especially where we've come, this idea of, okay, if we get the facts right, then everything's going to work out right. But that's using the mind. And so um, realizing that, okay, the mind, we don't have to throw away the mind. But there's this entire larger body of ourselves, the, the emotional, sensual body and the physical body, and there's this entire other part of us that if I tap into it, it informs my mind. It helps me then express the things that I feel. And in many cases, and I'm going to speak for men for a minute here, Simran, because we're, you know, men are really conditioned to cut off their emotions, cut off their feelings, um, we become really afraid of it. Therefore, we get blocked. And as a result, many of us have a hard time really expressing. So I find that, as you said, you know, to, to move beyond the, that sort of stagnant or in-a-box experience of life and begin to feel the art, it's important to learn how to, again, not throw away the mind, but learn how to experience the rest of the mind. Because when I say mind, of course, I'm talking about the logical linear brain, but, but really the mind is the whole thing. And much of that crosses, crosses over the line into what is illogical or irrational or, you know, the feminine, the goddess, all that sort of thing. And a lot of us, especially on the male side, have been trained absolutely don't even look that direction. That's not safe. Well, the fact is making love isn't safe, making art isn't safe, 
really doing life all the way isn't safe. It's not going to be, but it's going to be ecstatic. Mm, you know, you have a lot of, of quotes and writings from different individuals within the book to compound the points that you're making, individuals such as Joseph Campbell or Hafiz and Rumi and so many others. And when I look at the poets and what you've just said, they have found that way to make love with life, to be in love with something greater than even the physical capacity. It's almost like they themselves have discovered truly that they are the divine and and make love to that on a continual basis as their muse. When someone isn't creative and they're trying to find the thing that inspires them or brings them back from tragedy or allows the hopelessness to fade. What is it that you think the the blessed weird are able to tap into that is different than the person that is trying? Um, you know, I, I feel like there's one particular, I don't think it's a skill so much as a, um, it's a way of being, it's a habit that comes from being broken, that comes from being accustomed to discomfort, Simran. Um, it's, this, it's this being shattered um, and constantly being aware that whatever framework I have right now of comfort, of certainty, can, can go away in the next second. You know, um, there are dozens, even hundreds of people in Las Vegas this morning who, whose lives are in complete chaos and will never be the same after just a few hours. Okay, now that's a, that's a tragedy, and that's an extreme example, but the fact is those who are aware that life can change in an instant and be completely different, we become more fluid. Um, it doesn't make pain any easier. It doesn't make change any easier. I resist change as much as the next person does, but the fact is some of us have been through enough of it to realize that the only way to stay alive is to embrace the next thing, to become porous to life. Um, and, and, and similarly, I mean, to keep it real, there are times when I start to feel numb, when I start to feel I have calluses on myself and I can't feel life anymore. I can't feel the heartbeat of my own life, of this world. And I'm always afraid to ask <laughs> to feel it because sometimes that has meant in my life some pretty massive change or some, some, some very painful things have happened. But I have learned that I really want to stay alive for the rest of my life, however long or short that is. And so whatever is required to be open, to keep my antenna on, to keep my heart actually beating. I was taking a hike this last weekend up in Sun Valley. Um, I was by myself, and I had just visited the Ernest Hemingway Memorial, and he's one of my favorite writers. And so this place for me was, was special, and it's fall here in the aspen trees. We're, you know, just on, on fire right now. And so I was taking this hike way up into the tree line, and I stopped for a moment. And this is after a year of some real recovery, some quietness, some, some times of depression and, and even some anxiety about would I ever, you know, re- recapture my ability to, to express again. And I was really concerned about that. So here I am in the fall, and I'm hiking up there all by myself, Simran, and I looked out across the valley, and here's the mountains way over there, and the clouds hanging over them, and some blue sky, and I stopped, and I realized, in this moment, I am happier than I can remember being, 
and I had just passed this trailside bench way high up on the trail. Someone had built a, a memorial bench so that travelers, you know, hikers could stop and rest. And on the side of it, it had this some, this lady's name and it, you know, wife, sister, um, daughter, lover. And then it had her birth date. Um, she died in 2014, and her birth date was just a year before mine. And I, I felt this well of emotion that said, this, this is a reminder to stay awake right now inside of my life and take whatever risk right now I have to take to be honest, to move through the fear of whatever is next, whatever my soul is calling me to do. I have to do that. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if I'm here. Mm, Jacob found this quote, and it describes the journey of excruciatingly sensitive and self-conscious people. Empathetic people, dreamers and idealists, have this sort of accidental power. Most spend their early years ridden with self-doubt, insecurity, and people-pleasing habits. But their journey is inevitably derailed when this comfortable life gets uprooted by an unexpected darkness. Suddenly, their trusted methods no longer seem to bring them happiness, At first, this depression convinces them that they might never feel joyful again, but ultimately, it sets them on a quest for something more, for love, justice, and wisdom. Once this adventure begins, there's no stopping a dreamer, and when dreamers unite, well, that's how we start to change the world. Your superpower is your sensitivity. Your sensitivity is also your Achilles heel. Your greatest gift to the world is on the flip side of the same coin as your greatest wound. This is from Blessed Are the Weird, a manifesto for creatives by Jacob Nordby. He is the author of The Divine Arsonist, A Tale of Awakening, Pearls of Wisdom with Jack Canfield, The Thought That Changed My Life Forever with Dr. Bernie Siegel, and his latest release, again, Blessed Are the Weird, a manifesto for creatives. He's also the facilitator for Creative Unboot Camp. And you can find out more about that at manifestopublishing.com. You can get the discount code of 1111 for $10 off the tuition. And if you want to know more about Blessed Are the Weird, then go to blessedaretheweird.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. 
No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight, and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. While you are ordering Jacob Nordby's book, Blessed Are the Weird, you can check out my own Conversations with the Universe. It's about the way the world speaks to us through signs, symbols, and synchronicity, in addition to your journey to enlightenment, about deconditioning and allowing the conditioning of the world to be let go and becoming a spiritual rebel in your own life by reclaiming the innocence, the wonder, and the creativity of the child. And finally, your journey to love. This is no soft, fluffy book about love. This is about the deep, unabiding love that is present. It is about the heartbreaking love. It is about opening yourself up to your own annihilation to discover the true greatness and the mystical marriage within. So definitely check out Your Journey to Love, Your Journey to Enlightenment, and Conversations with the Universe, along with Blessed Are the Weird, when you go to order. In addition, you can find out find me at social media at Simran Singh 1111 or at 1111 Magazine. Blessed are the weird people, poets, misfits, writers, mystics, heretics, painters, and troubadours, for they teach us to see the world through different eyes. Blessed are those who embrace the intensity of life's pain and pleasure, for they shall be rewarded with uncommon ecstasy. Blessed are ye who see beauty in ugliness, for you shall transform our vision of how the world might be. Blessed are the bold and whimsical, 
for their imagination shatters ancient boundaries of fear for us all. Blessed are ye who are mocked for unbridled expression of love in all its forms, because your kind of crazy is exactly what freedom for which the world is unconsciously begging. Blessed are those who have endured breaking by life, for they are the resplendent cracks through which the light shines. This is the Boditudes for the Weird poem that was written by Jacob Nordby that so many people are following and living in their own lives. Jacob, as you move through the book, you do talk about the different archetypes, such as poet and mystic and the like. And you also go into what a person might be like if they are the blessed weird person. Can you name some of those pointers so that individuals will understand that they're not alone and that it's okay to be a little bit different because these are the places that they'll be the same? People who are embracing their uniqueness like this. And, and you know, I, I feel strongly that we have different gifts. So even though it is possible that we might have all of these different archetypes alive within us, uh, and more certainly than I listed, Simran, in a lot of cases, one will come out as the, as the really unique, strongest voice. So as a kid, I painted and I, I played instruments and I sang and I did all this stuff. I found eventually that the way that my personal expression was going to come out most clearly and the one that I needed to follow the most was, was through writing, and that's not to limit the others as well. But I've also noticed that just as a quality, um, not the expression of it, I noticed that weird people... Personal comfort isn't our highest priority. In other words, we're willing to endure pain, change, discomfort, if that's what it means, to go all the way with life. Uh, many of us also feel like we've lived several lifetimes inside of this one. You know, there's this trajectory that a lot of people have. You know, they're born, they go to school, they get a career, they get married or whatever, they get a house, all this stuff, they go into retirement. Some people's trajectory or reality tunnel, as Robert Anton Wilson would call it, remains relatively intact. Some of us, though, Simran, feel like we've lived several lifetimes inside of one already. I look back over my own, and it could be eight or maybe eight to ten lifetimes. I really look back at my 15-year-old self, and as much as I love that guy, we don't know each other very well anymore, you know? I'm curious if you have that experience in your own life of just knowing that, wow, I've lived these distinct lifetimes already. Oh, my goodness. I've lived so many lifetimes in my life, and I, I often tell people if someone comes up to you and says you're a very old soul, um, that's not really a compliment. <laughs> it just means it took right? you a really long time to get it right. And so um, I'm not only a very old soul, I'm a very old soul in this one lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that, that, for me, is a hallmark, uh, and there's no way to try to make that happen. It's just, it's just what ex- the experience of, of really going all the way with life. There will be these changes. There will be times, and people who have experienced that, sometimes it can be very confusing to feel like, wow, um, do I have any kind of a coherent uh, place to put my feet? Um, another one is that we tend to have sensitivities or perceptions that set us apart, and that's not to say that everyone doesn't have these latent within them, but those of us who were born, it seems like, with these antenna. Um, you know, just turned on all the time. Some people will have psychic abilities, they'll have sensitivities, empathic stuff um, that that makes them feel things and know things that don't fit in well, especially not in Western culture. And so that, that, can, be, that can really be a challenge for people until they learn how to embrace it. And then a lot of us 
we just want to live differently from the world around us. And, and you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we want to live in an ashram or a yurt or something, but we just don't necessarily want to carry the weight of this big, you know, lifestyle, the, quote, American dream, which, by the way, I don't criticize. I have dear friends who, who, who really love all their stuff, and it's an expression of who they are, so I have no problem with that. But some of us just go, wow, I want to live differently, and I don't know what that looks like. And sometimes it's hard to embrace that when we go, you know, that's going to make me look really strange in my friends, uh, among my friends or the people I work with. I find that we're in a time right now, Simran, where it's becoming much more acceptable to carve our own path. The millennial people are, are saying, hey, wait a minute, I don't need to do that, which is really great. That means we get to have freedom to live the life that we want. Um, and people are beginning to choose quality of life and their own personal happiness over just more money. So I don't have to go live in Chicago and you know for that salary necessarily if where I really want to be is Boulder, if that's what makes my soul breeze. Um, a lot of us tend to be passionate in ways that can feel awkward sometimes, and we have a sense of purpose that is a lot of times undefined, and we don't know even what to do with it. Uh, I always envy people who were born, and they seem to know by the time they were 13, this is what I'm going to do with my life, because my life has been such you know, a, a journey of getting clear, but not for a long time, and that process of getting clear can feel so troubling. Um, it can be disturbing to feel like, man, I will never figure this stuff out, you know? Oh, definitely. I love, um, you have a, a statement in by Andrea Balt, the founder of Rebel Society and Creative Rehab, where it's written, your weirdness will make you stronger. Your dark side will keep you whole. Your vulnerability will connect you to the suffering of our world. Your creativity will set you free. There's nothing wrong with you. And that's so true. I know in my own book, Your Journey to Love, that book stemmed out of a real embrace of the shadow, of the places of pain, of the places that we need to allow, and most of all, being all right and in acceptance of living with the melancholy of life. And I think we live in a world right now that is trying to shield itself from the change, from the harshness, from anything that's happening but yet it's all still happening, and we can't shield ourselves. We have to allow ourselves to open to it and let our hearts and our souls be broken open because that's truly where the well of our creative essence can flow from. And so as you look at, at your own life and as you were writing this book and as you move forward, uh, so often I'm sure you come across people that are in this place of, what if I fail? That's probably, you know, beyond death, I think the next biggest fear is failure. So, you know, and, and in a sense, they can be one in the same because we do die many times in this life as well. So what about failing? You know, how do we deal with that? How do we face it? How do we embrace it? Talk a little bit about failure. Hmm. Funny you bring that up. Um, I just shared yesterday on Bluster the Weird Facebook page something by J.K. Rowling, and she said, it's impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. <laughs> and yeah, right? I have failed so many times in my life, Simran, that, that I... And this is like really true in the last couple of years. I had to, and you just talked about the shadow. I love that. I had to really sit with the weight of disappointment 
of so many things in my life that I had passionately given my heart to, my effort, my energy, and they hadn't worked out in the way that, um, you know, would, would seem like is successful or even smart. You know, like, why did you go do that? Um, in, in each case, it was wholehearted, though. One thing that I was given during my time of really sitting with all this stuff in 2009 through 2012 was this message from Soul that said, nothing is lost, nothing is wasted. And so people who feel like they've been failing and failing and failing understand that every broken piece of all those things, that becomes a mosaic if we'll allow it to. All those broken shards. I one time said, my life just feels like a basket of dusty broken shards. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm so grateful now, Simran, to to look at what is forming. And it's forming. It's not this complete picture, and it won't be until I leave here, you know. But I'm able to begin to observe these pieces. And it's almost like having a big pile of puzzle pieces on top of a table, and you know there's a picture in there, but you don't have the box to look at. So all we can do is feel and turn them over and turn them around and try to find, okay, that doesn't fit. Well, I'm try- I tried to force that. Now it doesn't work. Begin to notice the pattern because the soul has a pattern. The soul has the picture, the design. And that's where being willing to sit with the failure and say, okay, this does not mean the end. All I know is I've found a way that that piece doesn't fit. And so I have to be willing to then become quiet. And, you know, these tools we have, meditation, um, soul journaling, all these things that we work with, are ways of tuning in beyond the rational mind and saying, this is a feeling, and there's this lodestar, there's this magnetic pull towards something that holds the solution to every problem in my life. It holds the solution to saying what will possibly make sense of all this stuff. And little by little, if I'm patient and if I can unclench, if I can take my hands and unclench and say, I don't know for sure how this is supposed to fit yet, yet, but soul does. The part of me that came here to inhabit this unique winding of myself, personality and mind and ego and body and all this, it knows what it wants, but I have to be willing to let go enough so it can show me. Jacob Nordby's definition of being alive really alive, has evolved into a dynamic, primitive, but sophisticated, intuitive jungle dance with the universe, as dangerous and exciting as it is nurturing and safe. It is a way of being that eats those labels and digests them, swallowing every idea about life and turning them into muscle and blood, nerve and sinew, until they are no longer undistinguishable as concepts, but are absorbed into this magnificent form of a creature that is proud and glad to be here. So take your books and seminars and retreats and sessions and devour them. Don't leave a scrap lying around uneaten. Pick the bones and crack them open and suck out the marrow. Spit out what doesn't taste good or what you can't swallow. Trust yourself to know what's good for you and what you need for your own adventure. No idea or book or teacher you assimilate in this passionate way will look the same. They won't be on any kind of pedestal. They will all be invisible, but only because they have become part of who you are. A powerful, joyful, fierce 
artist of life. This is from the book, Blessed Are the Weird, a manifesto for creatives by Jacob Nordby. You can find out more about him at jacobnordby.com. Also, you can find out about Creative Unbootcamp at manifestopublishing.com. And don't forget to use the discount code 1111 for $10 off the tuition. My guest next week is Susie Miller, and she is the founder of Awesomeism and helps us understand what the autistic children are really here to teach us about us. So join me next week. Until then, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.